Hello, and welcome to the Super Spreader Show with Trish. And Susie, we're here to infect you with the truth and hope it spreads like a virus. And spread like pandemic three. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm just jumping right in. Um, as most of you all know, we are on summer vacation. Woo! Yes. So we are just sporadically recording. Um, and so I think every episode from here on out probably will just be a smorgasbord. Is yeah. that how you say it? I don't know whatever how happens say. between the last time we recorded. <laughs> so whatever has happened in this poop show of a world. So um, we have a lot to cover and want to talk about. Um, but we're on summer vacation and you guys are probably sick of me talking about my senior in high school, but this is graduation week. So I am super busy and emotional and I don't know, you won't know if I'm going to get mad and say a bad word or cry. <laughs> so welcome. I'm inviting you into my emotional roller coaster. Buckle up. Oh, buckle up. This is a crazy episode. So Suze, oh, okay. Let me rewind. I am going like okay. full force. I don't know what happened. It's been a while since we recorded. Let me take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> Plandemic is a documentary. There is a pandemic and a pandemic two. And we have been waiting forever, it seems like, for pandemic three and um it is free on their website their website i have not seen it Susie, you've seen it oh yeah <laughs> i watched the global live stream it was like on saturday night where everyone's <laughs> out and about jason and i are just glued to the television i was sleeping i was like my how i have changed <laughs> <laughs> this is how I this is how I spend my Saturday <laughs> evening. Um okay. So my goodness, my brain what pandemic one was about I feel like just It was only like twenty minutes. It was it was short. But I feel like I'm maybe mixing them all up. But it was like the truth tellers mm -hmm. in science. Yes. And how, what is happening in this world and they're shutting them up and why, right? Yeah. It was that Dr. Judy Mikovits. Mm -hmm. I don't even think she's in this third one. Um, but That's how I was introduced to her. She, you know, was kind of mm -hmm. saying everything against what we were all being told. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty controversial. I mean, this, mm -hmm. you, you, if you Google, if, or if you try, like, you can't even put it into Instagram. It doesn't even show up, <laughs> pandemic. If you start, if you try to search it, it does not show up. Oh. Um, it has been banned from YouTube. It's mm -hmm. been banned from everything because it completely exposes what's really going on. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to go to their website and you can watch the first two. The second one they is like a longer one. I think it might be more like an hour. I forget. And that one's called Indoctrination. Not indoctrination, but indoctrination, and it and it starts talking about um, you know more of what happened um, during COVID. It was like right after it, kind of on the cusp, on the right after, like right after everything kind of just went awry. Mm -hmm. And it, like I remember, we watched it <clears throat> kind of like right after, or d actually during. It was kind of during stuff that was still unfolding, and then when like at the end when they're talking about like what 
this could all lead to, you're kind of like, it's like theory, right? Like you're like, you, I'm not disagreeing, but it's like, it hasn't happened yet. So, and then I watched it like a year later and all of it came, came to fruition. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, holy mm-hmm. cow. Mm-hmm. And so then all of us following that series heard that they were coming out with a third one. And they had even started releasing um, like teasers and short trailers. Yeah. And at first I thought it was just going to be like interviewing all the doctors who, you know, were frontline doctors and just really like driving home everything that they had warned about that has now happened. But then they had the global live stream on Saturday, this past Saturday. And I watched it and um, they said, even in the pre-show, like they have been editing up until. So there was people that were supposed to be in the film that weren't even, that got cut out last minute. And he, he like apologized to them afterwards and everything. Um, but they kind of changed direction because of everything that, how everything's been unfolding. Mm-hmm. And as you, when you start to like connect dots and like you see patterns or you see um, how things, you know, that they predicted in the second one came to light, they kind of switched gears and they basically go through sort of the root of all of it, um, which I think is more effective because Trisha's trying to open her window. <laughs> trying to open my window while you talk i'm sorry but my face must have been really (laughs) funny but uh they kind of go into more of just the background agenda the communist globalist collectivist agenda behind all of this because to me for people like trisha and i and a lot of you who listen to us that are probably on our same page you we can hear them talk about covid stuff and the trans agenda and all that stuff we get into and we it clicks for us because mm-hmm. we just know, right? But you have to think like, if you're going to reach the people that need to hear it, you have to, they're not, they don't, they're too far along that they're not, it doesn't resonate with them. So you have, you have to hopefully bring them back to the root of it because if they can understand where everything is rooted, that's going on simultaneously yeah. in our culture that we're in a full on culture war right now, um, then hopefully they can connect the dots there and they can see the psychosis that went mm-hmm. on during COVID and that they're trying to push through through everything else that's been transpiring ever since. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think they made the right call. Uh, but you know, we'll see how what kind of response they get out of it. But we're gonna put I'll put the link on our show notes, and I just highly, highly encourage you to take. I think it's an hour and forty minutes um, to watch it. And if you have even like children that are of like you know maybe middle school to high school age, and, and or if they're interested, you know, mm-hmm. have them watch it because if they can understand the root of all the stuff that they hear in their classrooms or that they hear in culture or that they hear from celebrities or whatever, then they can discern. They'll be, you'll much, it'll be easier for them to discern things and to understand why they need to stand up or why they need to uh, push against or all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff where you kind of can get in your emotions caught up mm-hmm. and trying to be just part of, you know, the greater good. And I'll, yeah. we'll play clips, a few short clips from it. Um, to give you an idea of what it's like, but it's, it's worth every single minute and share it. It's a free that you can watch it's it for free. free. I was just going to say it's free. Yep. So. so this first clip is, um, I wrote down Klaus Schwab, our favorite Q-tip yeah. and, um, the housing. So do you want to just kind of set this up? I'm going to play a little bit. So guys just know we're going to play like a couple minutes worth mm-hmm. like of several clips coming up so yeah go ahead. so he goes into the um world economic forum and you know a lot of people i think are becoming more aware of it 
it's a yearly meeting with global elites, celebrities, politicians. Um, it's called the World Economic Forum, but it's way beyond economics, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's basically a bunch of unelected people, well, except for the politicians, but mm -hmm. a lot of people who um, just, you know, think that they know what's best for all humanity. And it's a very globalist, collectivist agenda. And at the end of the day, it's about enslaving pretty much the masses, depopulation, all in the, under the guise of climate control and, you know, everything that sounds great on the surface. But um, they kind of go into it in the pandemic series, which is good because I think a lot of people, um, when we are talking about it, you kind of feel like it has this like conspiracy theory mm -hmm. label attached to it, but it's very, very mm -hmm. real. There's a book that Klaus Schwab wrote himself called COVID-19 and the Great Reset. <laughs> yeah. Like he's not- before it happened. It. So you can buy it on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. like you can read it. It's, yeah, he puts it writing. all out there. Yeah. Um, so they kind of talk mm -hmm. about a little bit, but then they get into sort of more of the background psychology behind it in this mm -hmm. clip about like when you see the de debt forgiveness and just, you know, paring your life down, it sounds, you know, like, oh yeah, let's do this for humanity and for environment, but it's really not about that. Yeah. So you can play this one. Um, and I, we were supposed to play it at the 1750 mark, but we're going to start it at the 17 minute mark because he kind of Klaus Schwab himself starts naming off all of his people. Well, yeah. yeah and we talked about it uh, in one of our early episodes, the young global leaders. Yes. Young global And the whole leaders. point of that um, is to get people, get these influential people into government positions mm -hmm. so they can make policy mm -hmm. that drives their agenda. So they name off a lot of people. And if you th look at the way these people handled COVID, these names that they say, mm -hmm. then you're like, ah. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so just do this to me when you want me to stop, okay? okay? All right, here we go. Likely tend to govern a certain way. Nobody will be safe if not everybody is vaccinated. The names in the countries he mentioned ended up being some of the most dystopian and authoritative during this pandemic. Names like this Merkel, uh, Vladimir Putin, and so on. Other names? Jacinda Ardern, Sebastian Kurz, Mauricio McCree, Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Ma, Gavin Newsom, Stefan Bansell, Chelsea Clinton, Leonardo DiCaprio, Sanjay Gupta, Dr. Liana Wen, Alexander and Jonathan Soros, George Soros' sons, and several of the Rothschilds. And of course... Now who could represent such a world better than you, Prime Minister? Just, Justin Trudeau is who he's talking about. In 2014, Klaus Schwab called for the Great Reset. We need a Great Reset. Which he positioned as the solution to the world's most urgent issues. The dark reality of Schwab's agenda is detailed in his best-selling book, COVID-19, The Great Reset. His end-game mission is to replace independent governance with a top-down controlled, one-world government and a central bank-controlled digital currency. When they say, you'll be happy, what they mean is, you'll be enslaved. That's why they're talking about a Great Reset. That's why they're talking about introducing this quasi-communist, quasi-socialist agenda. They know we've run the course where we cannot continue down the path of the ever-increasing indebtedness because we have a generation that quite literally cannot afford to buy a house. Millions of Americans are priced out of buying a home. And so it's easy to tell that generation we're gonna forgive your college debt. Student debt relief. And set your expectations lower. You're gonna rent forever. We're gonna celebrate the tiny house movement. We're gonna do all of these things which sound cool because they're shaping 
our narrative so that we become capable of expecting less. What we need to do is not expect less. We need to remove inefficiencies so we can experience more. And that's the subtle distinction that the Great Reset is missing. So um, <laughs> it's stuff like that. It's They kind of just go into the background behind what you actually are seeing and hearing on the news or in culture to give you the understanding of like the psychosis behind it, the, the whole agenda behind it. So yeah, what have we been hearing over the last couple of years yep. under the Biden administration, mm -hmm. student loan forgiveness. Have they then, done that yet? I don't think it ever. <laughs> <laughs> Just I think, curious. I think that those people and the repar reparations people are waiting in the same line, but <laughs> that's, of, that's never going to happen. But yeah. they like to make you think it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Get votes, right? Um, although I heard that reparations, I think they were going to start doing it in San Francisco, which is like the best ironic thing ever because San Francisco never had slaves <laughs> but those people that live up there including my own family who lives in San Francisco are gonna I somehow gonna have to be paying for this yeah so is it California or is it San Francisco residents paying it's for San, it? it's a city thing right right now okay but they want to make it seem like it's gonna be the model for everyone else but you're just like these people are out of their minds but anyway I don't want to get too far off tangent. Okay. So they go. The um, next clip. Then they go into like China's social credit system, um, which is pretty crazy. Like in China, like they have a credit system. So if you go to buy something and you have a high credit score, you know, you can buy things. If you have a low credit score, you can't. Then they have like bill. They show you where they have billboards in like city squares and they have, they shame people. Yes. So if you have a low credit score, you get put on these billboards. Yes. Like it's insane. And it, it creates this whole like telling on your neighbor. Mm -hmm. Um, just the way that you do it in like Nazi Germany. Like, yeah. So you have Chinese people to this day tell, yeah. telling on their neighbors um, for higher credit, credit scores. Score. And what happened during COVID? Like when people weren't um, isolating, when they were having parties, what were they neighbors, were, neighbors in America. people doing in our country? They were telling on their neighbors. Like they, I'm telling you, it was part of this bigger experiment, social experiment that went on during COVID with all the lockdowns and stuff. Yeah. Like it's all communist mm -hmm. rooted. That's what, like, the whole premise of this last series is, is to understand, like, the culture war in our country that's going on as we speak, and that's picking up pace, you know, because not enough people are, like, aware of it, um, is to bring America to a communist state. Because yeah. it's the only, America is the only country left in a world that is truly, like, well, so we think, but... It's the freest country, mm -hmm. which is sad because we're not really free, no. but <laughs> it's, we're kind of like the last, mm -hmm. you know, peg in the wheel that before it collapses and they're doing everything they can to destroy us from the inside out. Um, my mom real quickly was saying something or was I talking to you lately about the farmland and how they're allowing all these foreign countries to buy farmland in China. I think she mentioned China. I said, yeah, mom, like China's not going to come here and bomb us. They're not going to destroy our country physically because they need our resources. Yeah. They're, they're destroying us culturally mm -hmm. so that they can come in and we will willingly give up our rights to them mm -hmm. and then they can um, feed on all of our resources. Mm -hmm. So that's how it's working. Um, it's not going to be a, a physical um, mm -hmm. destruction of America, America's land. It's a destruction of us as people. Correct. Our, yeah. So then they go into... They go through, they show you kind of, a, give you a picture into the social credit system that's literally going on in China right now. And then um, this next 25 minute mark, we've talked about this doctor before. 
He's a psychologist, uh, Matthias Desmet, and he describes what happened during COVID with the mass formation psychosis and that it's actually hypnosis. And I mean, they show like clips of what people were doing, which was just within a few years yeah. ago. This was not like 10 years ago. This was like a couple Three. years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and you still see or people less. today. No, I like know. Jasmine was in, we were, um, we were at the river last week in Havasu or in Parker, Arizona. And there's a bar there. And um, she came home with this tank top that someone else bought her from the bar. And it says, has a saying on it that says, my rights do not end where your feelings begin or something like that. Yeah. And this lady, <laughs> we were in the grocery store yesterday and I wasn't, I could kind of feel people looking at her shirt, but I wasn't like, I was getting my groceries. I wasn't completely paying attention. But after we left, she goes, mom, I was getting looks yesterday. She's like, this one lady wear, wearing a mask, she was giving me the, you know, looking at me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean, she's who you're talking to. Yeah. I said, you, you should have looked at her and gave her like the like two eyes. <laughs> you got your Fingers. eyes on her you're, and you should and she made the comment that she was kind of like large and in charge, so to speak, like hippo. Like hippo you're, hippo not, cheer. I don't want to mess said, with her. You should have looked at her you should have said, I'm talking to you, hippie dippy. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> you're about to make jasmine fight (laughs) oh my god oh man but anyway so yeah we we want to play a little clip about that because it's super interesting you know you have to understand the the psychology of it and for a lot of us this just seems like we we were we got it like we did not fall for it but but if you like can understand how many people fell for it and why and they also talk about you know the academia versus just the the Mm -hmm. people who work with their hands Mm -hmm. and that like i just think it's so interesting so we'll just pray play some of that um so it's you said it's a 2455 mark yeah. but i got it at the 2425 all right it's real so it's just to yeah. let you guys know um <laughs> on this video it's really hard <laughs> to, to get the timestamp. <laughs> so anyways so here we go okay. house covid19 patients some of them have complained that very little food is left for them in the freezing metal boxes. Chinese government officials now installing fences in Shanghai, blocking people from leaving their homes. In China right now. For some, Shanghai feels like the world's largest prison. These are people in apartment buildings screaming because they're locked inside. How does a handful of autocrats gain total control over a population of 1.4 billion? I have two master degrees, one in clinical psychology, one in statistics. And at the beginning of the crisis, I started to study the statistics a little bit. The initial mathematical models and the initial statistics all had dramatically overrated the dangerousness of the virus. That was the moment when I started to, to think how it was possible that an entire society and an entire population was in the grip of a narrative which in in many respects was blatantly wrong. After a few months it became clear to me that the only mechanism that could explain what was happening in society was what is usually referred to as mass formation. Mass formation is identical to hypnosis. And this term refers to a, a specific kind of group formation, which has very special characteristic effects at the level of individual mental functioning. And one of these effects is that an individual that is in the grip of mass formation typically 
lose every capacity to take a critical distance from what they believe in, from what the group believes in. You would think it would be people with lower IQs that would be more susceptible to this, but it seems to be the other way around. Are you seeing this? I have seen this, and it does seem to be predicted by educational status and IQ. We look to be verified for our belief system, right? And so a doctor goes to the CDC. The CDC says this is true, it must be true. I'm staying in that zone. It's actually people outside of the system go, well, I, I want to challenge the CDC here for a second. Where's this study come from? Where's it, you know, and that's what I do. All of these people were kept out of the all conversation. I can, all I can comment And you were there. wanting me to sign onto a, a, a social contract where the scientific method isn't being used. I'm not interested in medical pedigree. I'm interested in medical consensus. People who are highly intelligent tend to go and get a lot of degrees. Those people have spent so many years in institutions to get those degrees that they have developed a trust and confidence in not only the educational institutions, but those that support them, which are largely government bodies. And so they start from the place of, if it's told by the university, by the government, it's probably gonna be true. What I've learned about science is that it's really imagined, they're looking at like a fragment of the world and it's all they see, it's all they're looking at. The world, they don't see the world. So I think that there's a disconnect between people who are smart and have lots of degrees with actual reality, with the lived experience of nature, of life, that you don't see with people who are actually working with their hands outdoors all of the time. A mass formation typically emerges in a society when very specific conditions are met. First and for all, the most central condition is a major part of the population needs to feel lonely. Doctors say the very rules to keep people safe from the virus are doing great damage when it comes to anxiety, depression, and even suicide. And now everyone is suffering, but children are particularly at risk. The real pandemic here is the psychological warfare that's being waged on every single human being. See, if you take a human being and you put them in a chronic fear state, and you couple that with human isolation, what happens, they psychologically decompensate and live in such emotional pain that they will gravitate in an irrational way to anything that you promise them will alleviate that pain. Once people feel disconnected from their environment, they will typically start to experience a lack of meaning-making in life. And under these conditions, if a narrative is distributed through the mass media, indicating an object of anxiety, and the strategy to deal with this object of anxiety, they suddenly, punk, connect to one small object of fear, for instance, the coronavirus, and afterwards, people don't feel lonely anymore. They feel connected again. Let me hear if you have the Pfizer vaccine. I mean, it goes on. We I'm keep sorry, listening to I did it. not want to stop no, it. No, I know. Well, yeah, I mean, it goes on, but it's I just know. the idea that, like, that's what they did, right? Mm -hmm. They isolated all of us. Mm -hmm. We lived in fear and like doctor, that was Dr. Zelenko at the end who's passed, mm -hmm. who has passed, but he um, was like very vocal during a time when so many people were being silenced. Um, and uh, he was explaining, you know, the, he goes on to explain the psychology of living in perpetual state of fear. You cannot make rational decisions when you are living like that. And we saw our neighbors, our friends, parts, like how they touched on academia. I saw smart people in my life, really like book smart people. Um, doing this stuff where you're just like, 
how are you not connecting these dots? Like, how are you not seeing what is happening? So it was, I mean, it's just interesting to hear them describe all of it. Cause then, you know, I felt like, am I the, am I the weird one here? Like, am I off? Mm -hmm. But no, I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, like, yeah, you can get people into that like mindset that like, well, this is book. The book says it. All the scientists are saying it. You know, it's true. It's true. Yeah. You know, they kept saying, follow the science, right? Remember that? Follow mm-hmm. the science. Like, but it wasn't science. No. It was political science. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just understanding like how all of that unfolded because you have, it's not going to, it's not going to stop. They're already talking about the second, second waves of uh-huh. things and things to come. And so if our, at the end, I don't want to like skip over a bunch of stuff, but I just like, I have to say these things as they're in my head because I won't remember. But at the end, they, you know, they do offer hope. We're not going to play clips from that because I really want everyone to go watch it. Um, but they say, like, you need 15% of the population to really, like, affect change. And we have that. That's, like, the good news at the end because we have more than that, actually. But, like, the more and more people that can be, that can learn from what we just went through correctly and not let it, like, paralyze you more, yeah. there's going to be people in your life that are going to get just loot, come, like, go off the we already felt like a lot of them went off the rocker this first time, yeah. but I mean, I don't think we've seen, I think that was scratching the surface, what we just yeah. dealt with. So like the more of us that can like learn from what happened and understand the, psycho- the psychology of it and you know, what was really being done to us as a culture and society, then we don't, we won't fall for it again. Like we have to fight back, especially here in our country where we still have freedoms that other countries just don't have. I mean, when they show those scenes in China of people just getting their doors kicked in, being locked into their apartment complexes. Can you imagine the guy like in the 50th floor and he's just, he can't leave. I mean, people are just screaming out of their windows for help. Like, and I mean, we don't have that yet, but I mean, they talk about people that get interviewed throughout the other, the rest of the documentary are just warning us. They come from these other countries and it's like, wake up, like wake up. This is where you're headed. If you don't turn the ship around, um, so the other, only other one I wanted to play, well, so it's interesting because there's this woman called Lily Tang and she's interviewed throughout the pandemic and she's from China and she describes living under Mao's communist China when it turned to communi- communist in the 60s, I think it was, and how they used the model of Stalin and the Red Guard, a Red Army, and then China, Mao created his red version of that. And I think he either called it red guard or red army. I forget which is which, but it was, it was not soldiers. It was young people. Mm -hmm. So she is now trying to like warn us because that's what's happening. When you look at our schools and our universities and our culture in general, they are trying to turn um, American kids and youth against family, right? Mm -hmm. Look at California right now. We have laws that are being passed where if a child wants to change their gender, um, they don't have to ask their parents. They can go to their, they can tell their school or their school psychologist and the secret is safe with them. Like they're yeah. trying to create this whole disconnect between mm-hmm. the actual family because the family is what, you know, drives a healthy culture forward. Um, the nuclear family, they yeah. go, um, and it reminds me, they go into BLM mm-hmm. in this and they talk about how they were aiming to destroy the nuclear family. Um, and you can just see these patterns that have unfolded over our last four years or whatever. Um, of all of the same thing. It's, it's communism, um, socialism, collectivism is what mm-hmm. they're trying to create in, in America, which they have gotten to a certain point, but like we still have time. Like we need to turn the ship around. 
Uh, but it's scary because she, you know, people like her are, it's just like complete patterns. They show side by sides of things happening back in the sixties and things happening now, tearing statues down, um, protesting. They talk about, um, why they allowed in 2020, we were all locked down. Um, but they allowed protests in the cities. Why? Because it drives the, um, residential market down Mm -hmm. and then the corporations can come in and they have actually, um, bought out more real estate. Um, where I have, you know, I shared that story a few episodes ago where like my hair, a girl at my hair salon, she's being priced out of homes, um, by investors. They're trying to destroy the middle class. Cause that's what kind of separates America from every other country. Yeah. We have a middle class and that's what they're trying to destroy because you cannot control a middle class. Like you can control a, a class of people that's, um, dependent solely on the government. So like just understanding those tactics, those agendas, and seeing it play out in our culture today it just helps you kind of like not get sucked back into it. Well, the other thing um, during our pre-show was um, on a very much smaller level for me being in the public school system in the elementary level. I kept hearing about what's to come, but it wasn't coming. And... I was not equipped to fight or what, like, what do you do? And you're just one person. And then the rug was pulled out from under my feet and bathroom signs started changing. Um, and so I feel on a very, very small, tiny scale, um, with what is the lady's name from China? Lily Tang. Lily Tang. Like she's trying to like shake America, like wake up, right? So when I go to a different school now and you just start seeing red flags, I feel like her. You're just like, wake up. Yeah. It's at the door. Mm-hmm. Some of it seeped in. <laughs> and I feel like it's just falling on deaf ears. And I just feel like a personal connection with her because I can see, I can see what's coming. And nobody, I feel like, or people don't want to speak up or, you know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. like for me, I just kept hearing about it, hearing about it, but I loved my elementary school that the boys went to. Um, I was there almost every day volunteering. And so I loved it. And I was like, is it coming or is it not? Like, you know what I mean? Are they trying to scare us? Who's in Like, what is going on? And then, boom, it happened. And so when you see red flags at another place that you really love and you don't want to change. Yeah. And that's where I feel like... um, the story we posted on Super Spreader Show um, Instagram, the one where you put where um, it's the guy is the, talking, yeah, about Romans, ta- the Romans passage. Yeah, so good it's for like evil and evil for good. Yeah, like I'm trying to tell you the truth. I'm trying to tell you what I'm seeing, and I've lived it. And you're just like, like my truth is so bitter in your mouth. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, <laughs> I'm literally trying to keep this school traditional and Christ-centered and I'm not trying to destroy anything, you know, or badmouth anything. But my truth is bitter in your mouth. And it really sucks because I see, I yeah. see it crumbling fast faster than probably the public school system took well in the church i mean the church christian school the church i think we get desensitized or we forget that um we are the target like yeah so yeah you see it going on in public schools and you see all this you know stuff that's just terrible and you think like oh how grateful i am you know and we and it is overall it is right but then these little red flags that mm-hmm that are failing, if they're failing to be addressed, are going to just someday, I think, be at the point of no return. <laughs> like, yep. so that's, I think, you know, where yeah. our issues come from, or our your concerns especially. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that reminds me, she talks about being, in, you know, as a child, uh, a genderless society. Mm-hmm. They weren't allowed to wear women's clothes. They weren't allowed to put makeup on. They wanted asexual, genderless society. And so for people who their emotions are too pulled by the fact that if you speak out against pride month or, mm-hmm. um, the LGB, the whole, like the trans movement in the LGB community, um, that you're a bigot and that you, um, you know, hate the gay community yeah. or any of that. Um, they don't understand that it's the root of the genderless society. That movement has been hijacked by a bigger movement with the trans movement and the non-binary and all that, yep. because that's where, it, what it's rooted in. Mm-hmm. So it's not about, it goes, it's so much bigger than just the gay community, the attacking the gay community. That's not what it is. It's, it's, it's trying to create a genderless society because you can control people. You can um, just extinguish bloodlines, right? If yeah. you don't, you know, associate with your biology anymore and you don't have kids, you know, like it's all plays into just some, uh, such a bigger sinister agenda but people get caught into that like mm-hmm. level of just, you know, being called a bigot and, and which is all tactics, labeling, call it name calling. I mean, notice that like when you, when you speak out against the cultural norm or what society tells you is, a, is acceptable or how, what society says is, is loving people. If you mm-hmm. speak out against it, they don't, they can never give you a reason, a logical reason for why they are disagreeing with you, like why you're wrong. They just call you names. <laughs> True. You're a bigot. Mm-hmm. You're a racist. Mm-hmm. Like, and they talk about that in pandemic. Like, it's just so fascinating. Cause like for us, for again, for us, it's like, we've been kind of like on that page for a mm-hmm. while. Um, so it all just, you know, clicks, but like, I'm just, I'm fascinated to know for people who are kind of just becoming aware of this larger sinister agenda and how it clicks with them because it just like, that's how I can just stay disconnected from those emotional um, tactics that get used where I would say like, oh, I'm just being judgmental. I'm just, I hate people, you know, and that's not what it is. It, I don't want a genderless society. That's not how God created. That's right. not God's design for humanity. It's evil people in charge. That's yep. their design for humanity because that's how they're going to control and take over before okay. people will even know. So yeah, they bring about that. And then I think the last clip we were going to show, <clears throat> talk about is that 44 minute and where they talk about the idea of individualism versus collectivism and why, you know, that was all those, all those phrases of we're in this together, you're doing this for the greater good. And, you know, it kind of explains the psychology of that and how, you know, misleading that was and why people bought, who bought into it, you know, yeah. just 
would turn against each other. So, so. I got it at 4340. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> okay, here it goes. <laughs> Now, we hear a lot of talk today about right-wingers, left-wingers, extremists, and moderates. The political spectrum concept, if it has any meaning at all, is a measurement scale. Okay, this guy talking is from the 60s. Oh, right. Good thing you said, yeah. So, the guy you hear talking right now, he gave this speech in the 60s, and he was like, right-wingers? Like, Mm -hmm. so crazy. So, I just wanted to throw that out there showing all the variations in government. Now, the extremists at the zero end would be those who advocate no government at all, the anarchists. The extremists at the other end would be those who advocate total government. And who are they? Well, the communists, of course. But also the Nazis, the fascists, no matter what they may call themselves, if they advocate total government control over the people, they are all, by definition, totalitarians. The debate is not between conservatives and liberals. It goes back in history long before those words were ever invented. The opposing points of view properly are identified as individualism versus collectivism. The individualist believes that the rights of the individual must not be obliterated by the desires of the collective or the group. The collectivist, on the other hand, believes that the group is more important than the single person within it, and that the individual must be sacrificed if necessary for the greater good of the greater number. The individualist believe that every man has a personal and direct responsibility to provide first for himself, next for his family, and then for those outside his family who may be in need. The collectivist, on the other hand, declares that the individual is not personally responsible for charity, for raising his own children, providing for his aging parents, or even providing for himself, for that matter. This is a group function of the state, of government itself. Everything we talk about socialism, communism, globalism, and Nazism, guess what? It's all collective society. Collectivism on an international level is essentially known as globalism, which is often promoted as a framework for unity and sustainability. Under the guise of philanthropy, the leaders of the globalist movement leverage every possible crisis to advance their plan to replace national sovereignty with a one-world government. We are confronted with so many crises simultaneously. What does it need to master the future? It is the globalists who are behind the destructive new methods of control, like ESG, the acronym for Environmental Social Governance. Similar to China's social credit score, ESG is a ranking system that tracks a company or country's carbon footprint, as well as its commitment to diversity and inclusion. A low ESG score can lead to severe consequences, including reputational damage, legal and regulatory actions, and loss of investors and bank credit lines. Within the last decade, new- Yeah, so that, what he's just referring to just now is what you're seeing with Target and mm. um, Anheuser-Busch. Dodgers. Like, like 100%. Ford. Yeah. And so there's another clip from that other podcast that we could play where he goes into that. Um, but let me just... So, <laughs> so basically, this is only like halfway through the show. So hopefully we have atta- attracted your attention... And, and your understanding of how important it is to go watch this um, film so that 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they go into like, I don't even remember all of it, but those were like, that's just the first half. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they go more into what happened with writing. They go into BLM, which is now bankrupt. Mm-hmm. If anyone's not aware of that. Yeah. They got billions of dollars from corporations and people to fix the black community. Wasn't it and 90 people, billion? It was an, it was a crazy amount of money that they got. And how, why are they bankrupt? Where did all that money go? Yeah, where's the money? Other than the people who bought hope, mansions with it. I hope I'm not wrong. I might be wrong on that that um, price amount. But. <laughs> but yeah, they go they go through that. And then I know, I mean, at, at this point, some people might just be so, like, I, re- I remember I was watching it and I'm thinking, we're done. Like, this is crazy scary, you know. But then at the end, they kind of offer the solutions. And like I said before, the 15% of the population, which we have more, yeah. actually more of that, um, and just ways we can turn the ship around. So mm-hmm. it does end on a positive note. Um, I got a super emotional at the end because that woman that was just speaking, Lily Tang, you heard of her, you heard her say a few mm-hmm. things in this last clip. Yeah. Um, you know, she came here as an immigrant and, um, she just doesn't understand why people can hate our country, you know, because she just thinks it's like the best, you know, it saved her life. Um, she's actually going to run, she's going to be running in this, um, in New Hampshire as a I don't know, state rep or mm. Senate or whatever. But it's like, you need people like her at this point because mm-hmm. they know, they know what, what they came from and what direction America is going. And just, you know, we don't know. We have never, she said that we've never gone through. Yeah. We had the great depression, but I'm saying like mm-hmm. our generation, we haven't, yeah. haven't been starved to death. We haven't mm-hmm. had our rights mm-hmm. completely stripped yet. But she said, I'm telling you guys, you're headed there if you don't wake up. And so um, please go watch it, share it with people. It's free. Um, and watch the other ones too, which are shorter, but I mean, it's crazy to, if you watch it right now, like the second pandemic, it is, it's insane what they were saying and what happened. Like, it's just, it's, it's yeah. Like, that's how I knew like, okay, I'm not the crazy one here, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, there was one other thought I had with something going on now, but it totally left my head. So we'll just have to move on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. This guy cusses a lot. He has a podcast and it's real AF. It's for his name. What's his name? Andy Frizzella. Okay. So it's kind of funny, but um, I'm sure there's. This clip, I don't think he really does, but we can give the warning. (laughs) There There could be a few little bombs here and there. Because every other word is the F word. And <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah. So it's like maybe he went a few extra words without the F word in this <laughs> clip. Oh, it drives me crazy. But we're going to play it. <laughs> so this is this he, this is your warning. So he, so he is a business owner. He's an entrepreneur. He's from St. Louis. And so he answers the question because we've talked about the ESG, CEI scores, DEI. But he kind of goes into it a little bit deeper. And so I just thought it was an interesting take, like for people who are still kind of like trying to yeah. understand it. Complete slap in the face. Now, Andy, I want to ask you no, a it's question. Not. It's an intentional corruption of those communities. That's the point. Well, I want to ask you though, why are we seeing all of these companies from Bud Light to Target to Walmart? Uh, you got Carhartt, you got Levi's. Well, I'm glad you asked. Why would all of these companies be doing the exact same steps hmm. in unison, regardless of what the actual temperature of the American public reads. Why would they do that, Andy? 
Is it, is it time to answer the, the question? Okay. Um, here's why. There's three initiatives that are put down through the World Economic Forum. One is called CEI. One is called ESG. And one is called DEI. These initiatives are put down as social initiatives from the World Economic Forum, the most powerful people on the planet, through the banks to the big corporations. These corporations, unlike my business, actually depend on that financing 100%. So if they don't do the things that these three initiatives, the CEI, the ESG, and the DEI say, they actually lose their funding. So they can't operate their business. So you say, well, aren't these people smart enough to understand why their business, they're destroying their business? They can't not do it. Because if they don't do it, they won't get their funding. So they can't operate. So they have no choice but to do it. And then they drive their business into the dirt. And here's why that's happening. Because the people who run these companies, the officers of the companies, are not the founders of the companies. These are people that are many generations removed and many degrees of caring about the actual brand removed. All right? So these people are college graduates who think they know a whole bunch of stuff because they have an advanced degree. And they are making decisions that are you know, basically about the money and thinking that eventually people will adopt this and it won't, it will stop, but it's not going to stop and it's not supposed to stop. This is what people are failing to realize. What's happening is we are dealing with a communist insurgency that is undermining the values and the identity of the American public. What they are doing is they are intentionally creating a scenario where the American people rejecting this initiative is actually hurting iconic American brands that remove much of the American identity. So when you name these companies off, all of these companies represent America when you think of them traditionally. So now they're removing part of the identity, which is part of the communist process called demoralization, if there's less identity in America, there's less to fight for, which makes it easier to conquer, all right? Then on top of it, one of the goals of communism is to create two classes of people, very poor and very rich. And so what they're doing here is they are getting the American public to cancel their own companies that actually hurts their own neighbors who are good, hardworking American people because the people at Bud Light at the top are not the ones feeling the pain here. It's the delivery drivers. It's the, the hardworking red, white, and blue Americans that believe the same motherfucking shit that you all believe who are <laughs> getting fired or laid off or losing because getting of this. Mad. Yeah, so they have right. run an operation to push this initiative down through the companies intentionally where the companies cannot resist it because they're required to do so for their funding, knowing that the American people are going to reject it and destroy these companies creating the lower class system that they're trying to create in the first place. All right. So all of you guys out there that are screaming, boycott, 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 cancel, 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 who are thinking that you're doing the best thing possible, you should stop to consider what you're actually doing. Now, I understand the need to socially reject these things, but I also understand something else. A lot of you guys are forgetting about the good companies that actually stood for the rights, and the real American values over the last three years. You're forgetting about them. And the more important part of this whole puzzle for us is to support those companies, not necessarily cancel the companies permanently 
that are producing this shit. All right. Because here's what you're creating. You're creating a scenario where thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of Americans are going to lose their job, which is going to fuck a whole bunch of your neighbors and your friends and your families. (laughs) When in reality, instead of trying to destroy these companies through social pressure, if we just ignored them and then turned our dollars into the brands that actually stood for American values, which there's a whole lot of them. I run a bunch of them, by the way. Okay. You told me to stop. Yeah. I mean, that's basically, I don't know how much more cussing is going to happen to either. But yeah, so I (laughs) went a long time without cussing. That was impressive. I mean, he does not usually go that long. No. He was really trying to be like, well, I think he was when he's explaining something and then his passion comes in and the bad words came out. Like, yeah, he's from St. Louis. He's from, yeah. Anheuser-Busch, where they're from, and he has personal friends that are just being destroyed by it. Um, But I just, yeah, I thought that was such an interesting take because, you know, it's easy to just get on that boycott train and just, just, let's just, you know, Target's going to pay, right? But like he said, it's, it comes from a much deeper, larger, sinister agenda for us to do that to ourselves, for us to destroy our own brands and our own, um, companies that and the demoralization again the communists like he said he's just like it's amazing where you like talk about pandemic and then he's just re it's like he's re re um what is that word (laughs) he's like re saying re driving it home like Mm -hmm. what we just said is that it's a communist agenda to destroy the middle class to demoralize americans because when they have, you know, just two classes, the elites and the rest of us, and we have to do whatever they say. Yep. And like the point, I don't think he, he kind of touched on it, but like, that's what I took from it. If you listen to the rest of it is that it's not, if you just boycott, he kind of did touch on it. If you just boycott, then you're left with nothing. Yeah. Or if you boycott Target and order from Amazon, you're just going from one woke to another. Like mm-hmm. it's just a trick, right? Yep. So you have to really, we, we have as a society, have to consciously um, put our money in and build up these corporation, these companies that are uh, that share our values mm-hmm. and that aren't controlled by the ESG and all of that. Um, and so you you know it doesn't really matter if you boycott if you haven't built up the alternative parallel society mm-hmm. that we need to consciously do at this point um, because they do the market will correct itself like. And if, you know, we put all this attention on the boycott aspect of it instead of the building up aspect of it, and that's, then those companies still get all the, att- all the attention, right? No, no, um, what is that saying about no publicity is bad publicity? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's better for us to just not even talk about it. Just br- put your money elsewhere and go about your day and then the market will self-correct. But if yeah. we keep, if we give them the attention they want, mm-hmm. then clearly, like, and like he said, they have to do it yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about. They have to. Talk about like anarchy and all that stuff that um, they they say. I mean that it, it's a fake sort credit. It's a fake scoring system that has completely taken over these corporations that are driving their own businesses into the ground. Well, it. it's. I mean, we can close it with this. Um, I just like feel like I can't be shocked anymore. But then something kind of like shocks me and you're just like, what the heck? Right. And it was Chick-fil-A. Mm. It made me so sad. And you're just like, what? <laughs> please no. But I mean, I guess it, like he said, 
it was bound to happen because the founder dies. And then you get the younger generation in there and this amazing. They're removed, right? They're removed. Yeah. Yep. This amazing Christian backed, you know, Chick-fil-A. And it's funny because before um, my favorite pop politics, Mm -hmm. um, Alex Clark, she runs pop, pop, P-O-P, like pop. Politics. Yeah. Yeah. So she posted on there because they're all about DEI right now. But four days before that, um, I'm on Facebook often for my crime page, (laughs) my city crime page. So, um, but you know, when you're scrolling, you get like advertised. I don't follow Chick-fil-A on Facebook. But you get advertisements. And it just made me stop because I could tell that this picture was of a man, but he had long false eyelashes and a headband and a little bit of makeup and the way he's standing. And it was like employee of the month or whatever, like a shot out. Right. And I was like, really Chick-fil-A because I've gone to Chick-fil-A's and I could totally tell they're gay, but whatever, you know, like we love the person, hate the sin. Right. Okay. Whatever. But I was like, really, Chick-fil-A? Wow, you're really putting this out there. And and it's funny because it's like, I kind of laughed because the description was he. He really puts he, 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 he. And I'm like, are they misgendering? Mm, yeah. <laughs> so I thought it was funny and it's just like, or they're driving at home. I don't know. But then Alex Clark put it out there that they're all about DEI. So I was kind of like, you know, it's just like, oh, that one kind of hurt, I guess, is the the main point of that whole story. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, Chick-fil-A. I know. It's, so. it's everywhere. But like I said, they're going after the church, right? Yeah. Do we have time to talk about the Dodger thing real fast? Or we? Let's just do it. We so, don't, but we'll let's do it. Well, it's just our real show. Quick, because of, it goes with the whole, like, yeah, they, and it. they talk about it in pandemic too. Just that's the other part of communism is to erase God. Any mm-hmm. religious, you know, any moral um, thing from society. Um, and so I'm sure most people are aware of this, but the Dodgers are um, hosting the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Yes. Which is a drag group, which includes the cabinet member from Joe Biden's administration yes. who stole suitcases and cross dresses and all that. He's not part of that. The, the Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah, he looks like Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but they basically, they mock, um, Catholicism, Christianity, they mock mm-hmm. nuns. There's video of it. Um, I don't they care what Jesus. people are saying. Oh yeah. They have just oh, disgusting, disgusting, disturbing videos you mm-hmm. can find, um, if you know where to look of them doing that. And they're being honored today at two o'clock at 30 minutes at our state Capitol at the behest or whatever that word is of Scott Wiener, Senator Wiener, who's part of their community. Um, yes. so there's actually a prayer vigil um going outside of the capitol at two o'clock um and i know a lot of people aren't going to hear this till later on but um hopefully um we can come together as the left the remnant of californians and pray for our state um and then also at the dodger game they're going to be honoring um them at the dodger game which is we did we talk about this? Maybe we did. I don't know. There's a huge I mean think about how many Catholics there are. No we talked and about they're it. On, openly honoring um, this, these people who mock everything about Christianity, 
Um, but that just goes with, you know, the agenda. They're just, it's desensitizing. It's removing God from society. It's all part of that. And it's sad that these organizations are bought into it. Um, but I just wanted to read a quick letter because the state, the Repu state California Senate Republican caucus wrote to um, a woman named Tony. I think she's a woman. Um, Tony Atkins, Senate president pro tempore, um, urging them not to do this. Hmm. And so I just want to read you her response mm -hmm. so that you can understand what we're up against. Um, it says, thank you for your letter expressing your concern over the Senate's pride ceremony on June 5, 2023. I believe the premise of your letter is based on a fundamental misunderstanding of the organization known as the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Therefore, I am not in support of disinviting one of the LGBTQ caucus pride month honorees. As Sister Roma, the, the person being honored for the Sisters Charity and Community um, Service, has recently told the San Francisco Chronicle, we have no hate for people of faith who do not weaponize their religion and use it to justify their own homophobia, transphobia, misogyny, and racism. There's those labels, right? Mm -hmm. We are not mocking nuns. We are nuns. We feed the hungry, tend to the sick, care for the unhoused, support LGBTQ plus youth, and provide ministry to our community. I believe that spirit is definitely worthy of being acknowledged. This is the, now this is back, that lady's, mm -hmm. Response, I believe that spirit is definitely worthy of being acknowledged by the California State Senate, especially at a time when legislatures across the country, led by your caucus's own party, are advancing hundreds of bills that target and further marginalize the LGBTQ plus community. That said, I also realize that some members of the Catholic faith may be dismayed by what they see as an affront to their religion. I respect their right to feel that way. And I also believe that in the end, faith is stronger than any parody could possibly be. As the sisters also noted regarding a similar issue involving the Los Angeles Dodgers recently, it is my hope this epi episode can lead to a greater understanding by all. Thank you for your, again, for your writing. You know that while we may not always agree, I do take your concerns with heart. That was her response. So just put that one in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> Because that's the people that are leaving the state of California. That's what they think about. Valid concerns by, I would say, the majority. <laughs> Go if you want to. If you want to. If you want to get a taste of what the majority, how they feel. Go to the Little League Instagram, because they recently put up their support of you know Pride Month, and just read the comments. And you tell me who the majority is and who the minority is <laughs> in this. Whole cultural war we're going on right now, <laughs> and yeah, it'll give you hope. I'll just say that. Comment sections are the best. Yeah, they the comment sections are telling. People, these these companies can post whatever they want and just read the comments, and you know <laughs> what the majority, how the majority feels, <laughs> and that's what will give you hope. Yeah. Well, we hope we hope <laughs> this episode gave you hope. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm speechless. We're winning. I do think we're winning. Despite everything we said, <laughs> we have God on our side and he already won. So, okay, we'll end it on that. Yeah. You've been listening to the Super Spreader Show with Trish and Susie. You can find us on our website, superspreadershow.com, super on Spotify, Instagram, and True Social. Please share us with your family and friends. <laughs> Until next time, bye. Bye.